When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Book Riot Podcast. It's a week, weekly news and talk show about book reading rewards programs. No, about what's <laughs> new, cool, and we're talking about in the world of books and reading. Today is Thursday, November 17th, 2022. I'm Jeff O'Neill, here with Rebecca Shinsky, coming to you from bookriot.com. Rebecca, we've got a lot of news, but mostly... We do. But mostly, I want to thank everyone for emailing me about Kindle Rewards and then something else, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, I don't know that we've ever gotten a bigger response to email email us if you got a thing about Kindle Rewards. Which we'll get to in a second, but I do, I do. It's so interesting to see because this is the kind of thing that, like, no one else is talking about this, right? I mean, no, you're not going to hear another podcast talking about the Kindle Rewards <laughs> program, but we also don't have any data about it, like how many, how long it's going on. I got all yeah, kinds of stuff. I'm going to share with you here in a minute. Great, um, but I did want to I did want to shout out the listeners out there for sending 45 emails saying I too was in Kindle Rewards, and here is my precise book buying regimen, so that you can so analyze this in detail. Which I did not do, but I will relate to you anecdotally uh, as we proceed. Kind I of our last wait. regular show for the year, you were just mentioning. Do you want to walk the people it through is. what the rest of the year looks like for us and, and why yes. that might be? Let's see. So the next two weeks will be the personalized holiday book recommendations, whether for gifts that you are purchasing or gifts that you are giving to yourself. Sometime after, I'm lo- I've lost track of what o- yes. the order is for all of these, but somewhere in there, we will do our favorite books of the year, and we will do the best of the rest, yes. which we t- we tend to do most years, but this year, we're definitely doing it because the Book Riot Insider selected it as a show topic, and that's where we talk about all of our favorite non-book things mm-hmm. of the year, and I believe that's it. There might be one more in there, but it's all. There's no regular show for the Thanksgiving week. And then suddenly we're in the holiday Christmas time where we take the week off for that as well. Yeah. And there's no. uh, We're just in the land of wrapping stuff up, looking back. Um, We'll be doing that on the Patreon episodes as well for the rest of the year, kind of end of year sorts of things. But today we are recording our power ranking of the most popular books from 2012, according to Goodreads. We're looking back a decade because we had so much fun when we looked back at the year 2000 that it was like, wait, we could do this more. There are other years in history, Rebecca. (laughs) There are. And we could anchor it to the year we're in now. So we're looking back 10 years. Um, That's going to be really fun. And then we have some, you know, end of year content that'll be coming up over there too. That's a little bit more specific, kind of the extra nerdy and extra, you know, more personal stuff that we do over on the Patreon. So if you want to check that out, you can join us there at patreon.com slash book riot podcast. Yeah. If, if you're going to miss us, our weekly canes for the regular show over the holiday time, you can go get more Jeff and Rebecca talking book nerd stuff over there. I'm really looking forward to the 2012 power rankings for those of you who maybe aren't a Patreon subscriber, but saw this appear. We did a, a freebie of our uh, 2011 
version. So it's going to be the same format. We've done the same mm-hmm. thing. We haven't talked about it at all. There wasn't any furious texting about this one this time. And I think maybe we know it's more fun Uh-oh. to have our realizations live <laughs> on air to tape, to, to internet. Yes, we did. We did spend our texting time on another mystery of the book world yes. this week, though. <laughs> Should we lead with that after the first sponsor break? Let's yeah, do it. Let's That's the thing there. I most want to talk about this Me week too. With you. Me too. Me okay. too. All right. Quick sponsor. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So I was trolling Edelweiss last night, and I don't even know why now. I don't remember why. Cause <laughs> How you, you ended up there? Well... I thought originally I was looking for spring draft because that's coming up on the Patreon too. Mm-hmm. We're just going to shout the Patreon. Go check it out. It's great stuff. But I realized that this was not a spring title. Well, we oh. do we do January through April for our spring draft, right? Correct. This yes. is a May 9th title. What was I doing? Weird. I don't know. Maybe I just Were you in a catalog in... that does like all of spring oh, somehow? Don't get me started on that. Um <laughs> Maybe I was just check your filters. Man. I was just maybe I was just drifting along Hachette's, <laughs> Hachette's front list omnibus adult hardcover um, filter, but I came across an entry that I immediately screenshotted <laughs> and sent to you with a not safe for internet acronym, which is not my want. That is not generally it, something I do. It is not, and there was an exclamation point, which is also not. And I used one of my six roll. for the year. I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to scratch it off. <laughs> I feel honored every time I get one of those. I'm like, oh, no. I, I got an, I got an, I, exclamation, I got an exclamation point this point. year. I actually initially I didn't tell you this. I accidentally texted that to Michelle first, and she's like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you doing, nerd? You nerd, <laughs> you nerd." Um, anyway, and why? Okay, so I sent it to you, and I didn't say anything else other than what the hell. <laughs> How long did it yeah. take you to realize what the what the hell was about? It was pretty quick. Okay. Like it's so the listing shows there's not a cover. It says cover to be revealed where the book cover would be. And that indicates something's up here. And then I was like, okay, it's a shet. The genre is listed as suspense, psychological, thriller kind of thing. And I was like, all right. So it's a big enough deal that and the the author's not listed so this is a big enough deal that Hachette has it in the catalog they won't tell us who it is and they're telling us the cover is going to be revealed which, which happens is different from this like, is not worth me texting you so far just for people well, that don't know this. i mean that right that does happen as except like usually it just it will say just like cover not finalized mm. so cover to be revealed is uh, i think a different indicator but then yeah. But I, I right, but I wasn't yet at like why is Jeff texting me this? And then I saw a first print run, yeah. and it said twenty five hundred k. And so normally that's the spot where you see like a hundred k or twenty five k. And I was like, twenty five hundred k is two point five. <laughs> Jeff, is this a two point five million print run book, <laughs> or yeah. is it I a mean, typo? <laughs> that's what it says. That's all we can. You now, listeners, you know as much as we do about this entry in in Italy. <laughs> And if you I don't know what Edelweiss is, that is basically what most publishers use as their primary sourcing yes. 
of catalogs to dummies like us and buyers and reviewers. You can get digital review copies there. You can see marketing plans, all the basically information about upcoming books. It's the centralized hub and it's organized in a million different ways. And please don't get us started on this. But <laughs> yeah, so that's what it is. So we're learning that's, about this May 9th release. Right. We are seeing this and I'm thinking, okay. I don't know that I've ever gone and looked for a title that had a million plus first print run mm -hmm. in Edelweiss. I don't know that I've even ever really heard. I've told you about of one, at least I know. Maybe yes, I maybe it. one. And so I don't know if the if the listing of thousands is just like the default in Edelweiss. So if you have something like two and a half million, you have to list it as twenty five hundred k, which mm -hmm. like is weird. And how many people are paying that much attention? Or if it's a typo and it really should say just like. 2500. Yeah. Um, but it inclines me to think that this is a big deal because the cover to be revealed situation, but neither of us could figure out who is that big of a deal. That there, that there's the rub. So the one I know we've talked about, and I think this is part of a preview. When I picked the most recent Kristen Hanna, the four wins, yes. I believe it was, that had a 1000K initial print run. Okay. So I have. So that seen, is how they list them. Got that's it. what that looked like. I'm assuming that a million. That that would make sense. A million for Kristen Hanna. That mm -hmm, makes sense. That does make sense. As a sense of scale for those of you out there, James Patterson, one of the nine books you'll have in the quarter. Those are 200 to 400k, generally speaking. Um, yeah. anything that we're going to talk about in the show that's like a mainstream book will have at least boy, what's 25k. For what we're going to yeah, talk about? Yeah, at least 25. For like lit fic, probably no lower than 25. No. A, a poetry book that is getting talked about will have a 10K run probably. Yeah. Specialty books can have a five to 6,000. Mm -hmm. And there's some, you know, really smaller things that will do two or 3,000. And not all publishers put this on the catalogs. I think to right. my knowledge right now of the big five, only Hachette and Macmillan do this, which is a confounding factor for our in incredulity here because <laughs> that doesn't so that means the biggest whale of them all prh doesn't do this so there's a right. lot of i mean and the one you immediately brought up was michelle obama's becoming what would the print run of that have been i think it's a good question i don't know the answer but that's the that's the stratosphere we're talking in yeah and one of my guesses here was like is michelle obama writing thrillers now <laughs> Is that what's happening? So here? our text thread became like literally what this could be. <laughs> like forget about what we know. Hachette, novel, psychological thriller, just anything. And the first, what did I tell you is the only book I could think of that would warrant that? A secret thriller. new Harry Potter book. <laughs> That's all I can think of that would make sense. That would get a, a multi-million print run. It just yeah. Would. We ran through some other like very famous people. I, I think at one point you made a joke about like, I made the uh, Michelle Obama joke and you were like Ed Sheeran's spy novel. <laughs> I was like, what? Harry Styles and Prince Harry together wrote a suspense book? Like right. maybe their combined fame is enough. But still, two and a half million copies in the first print run. Of That's fiction. Not, of fiction. Of fiction. Right. And it's not like. That's not two and a half million copies. It's what we think it will sell in the first year. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the first print run. And so what I else do we come... Just, so I gave you two options. You're gonna, you have two bets. One is typo. <laughs> and, and the second bet is literally any other possible book. And what did you take yeah. and why? I'm betting that it's a typo, but I would love to be surprised. That's right. <laughs> it's a Madeline Miller downpriced Circe situation. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that when somebody missed a decimal point and yeah. 
they sausage fingered like the, the pricing yeah. at Target for the hardcover, and so the hardcover before uh, right. pre-release was two ninety nine. Well, I did speculate like, well, maybe Colleen Hoover does Hachette have any of the billion Colleen Hoover books that are coming out next year? But even Colleen Hoover, as you pointed out correctly, based on what we know of the sales yeah. so far, isn't going to do like two and a half million in a single title, especially on the first run. It's uh, it, this I, feels to me like either it's so obvious we can't see it or it's a typo. <laughs> well, I mean, we went through the usual suspects. Like, it's not Stephen King. It, there's no Steve, Stephen King sells no. consistently, but it's within a threshold. Honestly, um, yeah. I don't. It's not E.L. James. I mean, just think of the the giants. No. I mean, there's just oh, your other there. joke was uh, where the crawdads sing too, <laughs> which did make me Google. And she was <laughs> Delia Owens was published by. Uh, one of the penguin imprints. <laughs> well, that, who's to say she's under contract for two books? That book That's wasn't expected true. to do anything. Yeah. And then later on, I thought like, well, the the only big, big name in psychological suspense that I could think of that it's been a while since we heard from is Gillian Flynn. Gillian but Flynn. even Gillian Flynn is not going to get a two and a half million, million copy first print happen. run. 250 maybe is what I would guess to see it in the catalog. Yes. Yeah. I would totally believe that. Kristen Maybe Hannah, I mean, my thought was, well, don't overthink it. What's the last big one you saw? Yeah, yeah but Kristen Hannah doesn't do psychological suspense. But what if she did, though? That I mean, she couldn't. We're now, yeah. we're now in the realm of speculation. We're agreed. Like, it, nothing right. makes sense to us, so we're in, we're in the realm of things that don't make sense. <laughs> Literally anything we can imagine is possible here. Yeah. So I don't know. If, we're, if there are little birdies, we have some in publishing. I don't know. that. I'm sure you can't talk about this. But yeah. Maybe if you know about other ballparky ones, the, the one I could, the only one I could think of that was close, and maybe I've seen a one and a half million print run. I don't remember this before. I think there's a chance it ends with us, or gosh darn it, it starts with us. It might have done a two million print run. It's mm-hmm. paperback because it sold eight hundred thousand in print the first week. It's fallen off precipitously. I was just looking at it. it sold a hundred thousand yeah. last week in print. Um, I'm 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 just re- it's it, can't, it but if we're really being specific it has to be Hachette in hardcover. Yes. So we yeah. If Barack Obama wrote a thriller for Crown cuz he still owes us some books Rebecca. Remember that 65 million dollars in earn itself. Yes. Out? That's true. He does still owe them some books but I don't I don't think so. I don't Barack I I think Michelle is more exciting at this point and she's not looking at those numbers. Yeah. If you work for Hachette and can just tell us Yes, that's a typo, or no, that's real, but it's still a secret. I that did, would be enough for me right now. I did have a thought, and gird yourself, Rebecca, and listeners. This oh, will no. Be over fa- this will be over fast. I'm just going to band-aid oh, no. it. Because I also, at the same point, th- last week, Mike Pence's book came out to absolutely oh, yeah. no whatever, Michigas, about uh-huh. interesting, right? But I did mm-hmm. occur to me, if Donald Trump had a ghost-written thriller coming out, Oh my God! <laughs> Would it have a? T- it might. It might have a two and a half million print run. It did occur to me, like, what if this is one of those right wing situations? You said Rogan, like, it, it which could... I thought was interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I did say Rogan. It could be a, a Bill O'Reilly suspense. I, Bill O'Reilly's not going to move two and a half million units, but you're, I don't you're, think, we're think so. We're thinking on the right kind of. But he's been moving units, doing yeah. his. You know, like rewrites of history. What if it's killing not- Bill O'Reilly by Bill? O- <laughs> it's kind of the, it's the meta, it's the meta, it's Schenectady, New York for Bill O'Reilly's novels. <laughs> if Donald Trump is creative enough to have come up with the idea to do a ghost-written thriller, I will just eat my shorts. Like that'll be an epic. 
yeah. special episode of the Patreon. <laughs> Do you think that would be a two and a half million print run? No. I still don't think it would. No. Because uh, And I don't I think if he were gonna go the ghost written book way here, it would be like a grand defense of why he's not responsible for mm-hmm. anything and a big list of all the things that he claims to have achieved and it would be a campaign document like every other memoir yeah. by a political candidate that comes out two years before an election. Yeah, I, I just can't think it would have like the James Patterson team ups have sold very well. And then the Louise Penny yeah. Clinton, Hillary Clinton book sold mm-hmm. pretty well. I was thinking, is, is there a James Patterson Aegis sort of situation here? Like, who could you pair? Like, James Patterson oh. and, and Taylor Swift write a <laughs> uh, psychological thriller set on a uh, female pop star on tour, and there's a murder or something? I can't Amazing. get there. I don't know yeah, what the to Swifties, say. The Swifties could maybe lead us to a two and a half million. Yeah. While they're run. waiting on Ticketmaster to load, they'll read the book? Sure. <laughs> Ticketmaster better just get its stuff together before my Garth Brooks tickets go on sale next week. That's all I'm saying. Why don't Garth and Taylor Swift team up to launch their own ticket platform? I'm not joking Listen, about Listen, that's this. a great question. <laughs> Free ideas. Because you know what? They need my business acumen and Taylor Swift. Garth, Garth Brooks needs Brooks. our business yeah. <laughs> consultancy for sure. <laughs> All right, podcast at bookwriter.com. If we're, I welcome your, your theories. All theories, please. Just if, if there, I hope, I kind of wish, I don't think we're missing something obvious, but it would be awesome if someone's like, duh, you guys didn't think of, mm-hmm. and that's where it ends. I, I'm out. I don't even know. Where <laughs> yeah, I don't know how there. you fill in that blank. I don't know. I really would be just delighted to have either confirmation that it's a typo and you can tell us nothing more, mm-hmm. or it's a real thing and you can tell us nothing more. But. I did have one Otherwise, last thought for you on this yeah. that was inspired by looking at the 2012 books because that was the mm-hmm. year that J.K. put out her casual vacancy. You know, it was oh, not her right. Galbraith. Yeah. She is with Hachette. Is there mm-hmm. a psychological thriller with her name on it that could move two and a half million? Oh, with her she's been doing name this Gal- not- She's been doing this Galbraith stuff for whatever, how long. Yeah. I don't know. I really... I really don't know. Like, it's really hard for me to tell how aware or not the general reading public is of the J.K. Rowling problem. Yes. And if they are aware of it, the problem being that she's transphobic. Right. Um, And if they are aware of it, how much do they care or not? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. The place of Harry Potter in, you know, like cultural memory and cultural nostalgia doesn't seem to have shifted in a real meaningful way, but maybe a direct relationship to rolling yeah. has shifted. Maybe it hasn't. I really don't know because I feel like it's it's very clear to me that it has shifted from our particular corner of the bookish internet. Mm-hmm. The people who care about the kinds of things that we care about are not interested in putting money in J.K. Rowling's pockets anymore. Yep. But I don't, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that she would have that much momentum right now that even if it were her name and not Galbraith on the cover of a book, it would be two and a half million copies. The only other thought is that user Bayesian prior, what was the last one? Kristen Hanna. What if she has a new book mm-hmm. out? It's psychological yeah. thriller. And the last one sold. They're like, we might as well print them all. I guess. I guess that's my, maybe the least interesting thing would be is, well, not least interesting, but mm-hmm. using the knowledge we have, don't get too fancy. Um, assume the world is yeah. going to be largely like the world as you know it. And that's the one I have. It's the same imprint. 
maybe it's maybe they think it's even um, more mass market uh, a Kristen Hanna title. Um, right now, I think largely it's a, a woman's title. I think that's wrong, and I don't think it's fair to her. But I think the most people I've yeah. heard of are, who are reading Kristen Hanna are women. If She's there's more of a thriller, thriller, sure. more men will read it. Mm-hmm. So maybe that warrants another million. I just you can hear you can hear in my voice. I'm like I'm trying to talk myself into it. I can't do it. Yeah, and I thought about some of the other really big psychological suspense thrillers. Like when I was going down the Gillian Flynn, yeah. you know, pipeline, I was thinking about like, well, okay, you know, there's Paula Hawkins and Girl on the Train, but the ones after that didn't do oh. that well. I I just don't. I don't know. This is a big mystery. Big mystery. Um, Looking are you, forward to May are you, 9th. Are you going to like bookmark that Edelweiss page and check it once a week and this? see if it's been updated? Can I set up an alert or something? I, it's like Edelweiss <laughs> is kind of rickety. Don't you have a recurring task feature in some app? <laughs> yeah, well, check, check, check to see. All right. If you would like to also hazard a guess, also give us Please ideas. Do. But if you want to get on the record for your guess, anyone who gets it right, I will give you credit when the time comes. Yes. Okay. All right. Real news. This is all more boring. We have As good opposed news. to speculatory news. I guess we're still in follow-up. I just had to lead with that. Follow-up. Listener feedback. From what I can tell, Kindle Rewards beta is huge. I don't know oh. what our sample size is. We got a lot of people, and it, the reply started happening fast after we released the, mm-hmm. released the ad-free version of the episode on Friday, and that's a fairly small sample size, and there was like a dozen emails. So this seems to be a lot of the people that have ever bought a Kindle book. I didn't get one email, and if I did and I missed it or I forgot about it, I apologize to um, dear reader or dear listener who wrote in saying, you know what, I'm a huge Kindle user, and this is great. (laughs) There was a lot of, I do the daily deals kinds of stuff, do one and again, I use Kindle Unlimited. If that's any indication of who they're sending it to, it's not the power user of full price Kindle books. Mm -hmm. It is marginal people like me, dip in a little bit do some other things. No one seemed really interested in it. It's like, sure, I'll take it. Um, Someone said there was something like this a year ago. I sure didn't see it, but maybe (laughs) this isn't the only thing that's ever happened in this regard. But then the most interesting thing, so there's that. Thank you so much. I guess it's going to be a big beta. We'll see if they keep it around. Didn't seem a lot of enthusiasm for it. I don't know if it's our listener base. Could be a weird sample size. It is a weird sample size. Is it representative? That's another thing. But the most interesting thing and confounding thing I got were a few people, and I did I did screenshot and drop this into Slack to you, saying, mm-hmm. just wait. This same week, Audible has also revealed their own rewards program, which is different and doesn't cross-accumulate with Kindle. Because of course it doesn't. <laughs> and in this case, I think is a better deal, if I understand this correctly. So for every three credits you buy, you get a $10 credit. Which, if you're a monthly single credit buyer like I am, is effectively a 30% return, if I've got it figured Mm. out properly, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. The problem there is credits into dollars, then I use those dollars to then buy credits. (laughs) Do then using that credit, do using those dollars to buy a credit count towards my rewards thing? Mm. I don't know. Maddening. I don't know. Maddening. (laughs) It is it's even weirder for Making... Audible because most people are subscription. If you're yeah, a subscription, why are you your... inside? To, uh, you're going to buy more credits. I don't get any of this. It's very confusing because making your loyalty program opaque 
<laughs> to, to the people you're trying to get to be loyal to you. It's not great. That's not a, it's not a strong way to come out the gate. It seems weird because like the subscription thing, I can't think of many subscriptions that give you loyalty points. In fact, I can't think of one. No, I because can't Because the whole either, point of the subscription you're, is you're going to buy you. it forever. Yeah, they already got you. You're subscribed. Your gym isn't like, yeah, for every four months you, you subscribe, we're going to give you a free month. Yeah. Why would they do that? So you're going to be in there for a free month. Maybe it's the it. suckers they're trying to get who will just buy the audiobook. The twenty nine ninety five audiobook, <laughs> if you're lucky. Right. What a mess. Mm-hmm. Rant Corner, don't ask me why. <laughs> Well, I know. I was looking at review velocity for It Starts With Us, for Colleen Hoover. Like, how okay. many reviews mm-hmm. are we talking about already? There's a lot. The $16.99 paperback is downpriced right now to $8.99 <laughs> on Amazon. Uh-huh. Uh, the Kindle version is $13.99. Oh, I know where we're going now. <laughs> we're not going there. We are there. That's, That's how just hell where works. we are. You yeah. just are there. I just, maybe yeah. they did too big of a print run on those paperbacks and they're trying to get rid of them. <sighs> maybe. Uh, it's compounding stuff. Okay. Um, let's okay. <laughs> awards. Where do you want to go? Oh, okay. Let's do Barnes & Noble choose Lessons yes. in Chemistry as the book of the year. Congratulations to us. Maybe we were on this tip. We didn't take bet. We should do this next year. We should take bets mm. on who's, what are going to win some of these things. This yeah. one's interesting. The book is interesting. I think the pick is cool and unusual. I don't know what else. Is, we've talked about lessons in chemistry here. Yeah, both of us liked it. It feels like the right kind of fit to me, honestly. I, for a pick. I think so. Yeah, this is the one that the booksellers chose as yes. the book of the year, which is different from their editorial selections, and I think is the first time that I've seen them do this. Have the booksellers choose a book? I think. I also think this is a great pick. It's fun. It's a quick read. It's smart. It's zany and different. Like it feels like a unique read. My only hesitation is I think this is. A little at this time of year where these lists are largely serving to guide gifting. It's a tough one because there is a lot of the plot is related to the character's reaction to like, so the main character of this book quits her life as a scientist and sort of accidentally becomes a TV cooking personality and she becomes famous and we know that there was some sexism involved in why she left the science world but like halfway through the book there is kind of out of nowhere a a, like very on the page scene of sexual violence that really explains why she was leaving Mm -hmm. um and it was i was like oh the tone it's very out of place with the tone of the book um not in a bad way but just surprising and i think anytime there's surprise sexual violence in a work of yeah. fiction it it's hard to make that like hey this is our favorite thing to hand sell or our favorite thing to give to people because that is such a very sadly such a widely a very common sensitive topic for people it can be triggering um but in terms of like the vibe for a book of the year i'm i totally support something like lessons in chemistry yeah i i think when i first read it i thought to myself and i said to you later what genre is this yeah it's not clear because there, there's a lightness to it um there's humor mm-hmm. and zaniness and the dog i mean the dog doesn't die like there's by the there's way. Persp- there's the dog does not die and there are chapters in the dog's voice. Yeah, sentient narrating dog. Mm-hmm. Which and, is, and the they're cover, great. It's fun. The cover yeah. it, 10 years ago if this cover comes out we would have called it chiclet cover. Am I wrong? 
Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And there was a piece in, I think it was in the Times this week, because I saw, mm-hmm. I followed Jasmine Guillory, the romance writer on Instagram, and I saw her screenshot that, that I'm pretty sure it was the Times had a piece that was like, behind this pink cover is actually a substantial oh. book. And she was like, first of all, that cover is coral. And secondly, this is sexist. <laughs> I think I remember um, Lib saying when the book came out that she was like, I wonder about this cover choice because it doesn't. I'm not sure that's conveying what the book is. On the other hand, I don't know what cover does that. I'm not. A yeah, cover it's it's such an interesting one because it is like it it's a light feeling read. Like it's kind of it had this like bu- like effervescent quality. I we were talking last week. I read it on a flight because you told me it was a great flight read after you read it on a flight, and it, it was perfect for that. It's engaging. It is funny and clever. It does some things that I hadn't seen in a while or hadn't seen a book do in this particular mm-hmm. way. And she manages to have these like, oh, and here's a rape scene. And you like now you're mad that this happened to the character. But it's also not like trauma porn in a way no, that a lot it's of also times not minimized. rape I, on I, the page. I, right. She takes yeah. it seriously. Yeah. Maybe what we're reacting to is invention. I mean, maybe that's crazy. Maybe, maybe so. the reason it doesn't feel like something read before is because we haven't. And that's okay. I also yeah. wonder, too, and, and because we've both read... Uh, it ends with us and, and all of us who are paying attention to live, live through the Me Too moment. M- maybe the worm has turned where a representation of sexual assault in an upmarket commercial fiction book, I guess is what I'd call this, is, if not expected, at least not a, yeah, like not, not, not a bombshell, not a deal breaker, mm-hmm. not a, oh my God, kind of a moment. Maybe we just kind of moved on and this is agreed upon and we understand this is much more common than was talked about certainly 10 years ago probably more common than it's even talked about now and that this character has its own journey that includes that but it's not dictated mm-hmm. by that i mean it it, yeah. in, it affects what happened what she does and what she decides to do but i don't want to spoil it too much but it does, it's not the central event of her life by any stretch of the imagination either Right. It's not the central event of her life. It's not the central thing the story is concerned with. And this was later on when we get to the National Book Award winner, this will be my (laughs) complaint about the rabbit hutch is that like, I'm just I'm completely over works of fiction where the thing the book is about is look at this horrible thing that happened or that is about to happen to the female main character. Yeah. And Lessons in Chemistry doesn't do that. It does, like, you know that a thing has happened to her, and eventually we get the flashback to see what that thing was, but she has agency, she has power, um, she is in control of that story and who Mm -hmm. she tells it to and when. Um, I I really, really liked it. I I think this is a solid choice. I think solid choices there. I mean, not my favorite book of the year, but but I'm glad I read it. I would recommend it. I would read another um, something in this vein. But it's a, it's an interesting choice. And then the, the interest, another thing that happened here with Barnes & Noble, they picked a speculative fiction book of the year, which I don't remember they're ever doing. I think they were yeah. trying to have their cake and eat it too here. Did you see this? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. right below it is Babel by R.F. Kwong. <laughs> which I finished yesterday, by the way. Um, oh, really? Fortuitous timing, which is, I'm going to save it for, a, we don't have time for Frontlist Foyer today. We have too many stories. I... I think it's really good. I can see why book nerds especially like it. I don't think it is generally recommendable, certainly as lessons in chemistry, probably why they didn't pick it as their book of the year, but they wanted to shout it out. Um, Hmm. Fascinating to see. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I'll I'll talk about it more. I I thought it was really good. It was, there's a lot to it, but I don't, it's a tough hang for your aunt under the tree. 
um, right. battle by RFQA. And I wonder how that came about because we got an announcement a couple of weeks ago from Barnes and Noble that booksellers had narrowed, like that they had narrowed down the contenders mm-hmm. for this. And both Lessons in Chemistry and Babel were contenders. So we knew there was going to be an answer. And I wonder if like the vote was really close right, <laughs> or something. And they were like, I know what we'll do. We'll just add one for speculative fiction because sure. there was not a separate announcement or like any indication that like there will be a... a uh, like broad genre one and then there will also be the speculative fiction mm-hmm. book award it's just it's just sort of appeared i'm glad it appeared this is a good add-on but i it want is. to know the story of how they arrived at that yeah and, and i think it's it is speculative fiction but it's really more historical fantasy which is mm. different anyway it, it's its own thing it's long it's dense it's there's a lot of world building I think it's quite an achievement in its own way, but I can see why they wouldn't just pick it for their book of the year. I mean, just like you wouldn't pick, say, a $100 book of lyrics. Like, you wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> that would be insane. That, would, that, would, that wouldn't make any sense at all. about the McCartney book from last year, are you? You couldn't be. Oh, that's right. I forgot they did that last year. <laughs> so, Babel, I was going to ask, that sounds like giant world building and probably not the thing for me. I wouldn't recommend it to you. Okay. I wouldn't recommend it to you. I appreciate that. It's good, that. but I, it's not for you. Uh, well, you want to do your rabbit hutch? You already did your rabbit hutch thing. Why don't you do more rabbit hutch things? Yeah. Well, so the National Book Awards happened last night as we are recording Mm -hmm. this. And the winners or wait, where did they go in my... I've got you. Okay. Help me out. There we go. Um... Or do I? Oh, Oh, where did This is great radio. Something is happening. Uh, (laughs) It's it's their website with their... They're unruly t- tabs. Um, okay. So unruly Lifetime tabs. Achievement. Sorry, sorry, Art Spiegelman. We're not talking about you today. Um, All My Rage by Got Saba it. Tahir. One for Young People. Translated Samantha Schweblin, Seven Empty Houses, which I've heard a lot about. I mean, I don't know. I have two. Anyway, there's I might that. put that on my list. Poetry, I really liked Fever Dream. Punks by John Keane. Nonfiction, South to America by Imani Perry. And then Fiction. The winner is Rabbit Hutch. Finalist, The Haunting of um, Haji Hotek and Other Stories. I have not heard of this book. Jamil mm-hmm. John Kochai from Viking. And then The Birdcatcher, Let's Go, Gail Jones from Beacon Press. I haven't read this yet, but I absolutely will mm-hmm. into the future. But the Rabbit, the Rabbit Hutch wins, and it instantly catapults it into it has to be considered for Books of the Year now at this yes. point. There's no, I mean, you win this yeah. award, debut author. We've seen other places. The nerds like it. The literati like it. Not your cup of tea. It was okay. I mean, you said it was good, but it was really? good. Yeah. The yeah. The I it, it, I think this is going to have to be one of those that just like was not for me. Um, the writing was good. It was inventive. It had a kind of floaty, ethereal feel to it, which I think is very intentional. But the whole setup is this is like the thirty six hours before the main character gets, who's a like seventeen year old girl, gets violently stabbed and. It's presented as like, this was 36 hours before whatever the character's name is, like left her body or something like that. It's all, there's a little distance to it. Um, They all, she and the other main characters all live in this apartment building in a mid, kind of a rundown, hopefully soon to be revived Midwestern city. The building is Mm. called La La Lapiniere, which is the French word for the rabbit hutch. So that's what they all call it. That's what the title comes from. And there's this like big sense of alienation throughout the story. And I walked away from it kind of feeling like, I want a book about alienation to make me feel something other than alienated from the book itself. 
Um, but maybe that is what Tess Gundy was going for, and maybe L- that worked little for... Little for you out there. Let's go. Yeah, go. it mm-hmm. seems to have worked for a bunch of people. It did not work for me, and I I don't know. It's where I am in life right now, just kind of over stories that are structured around waiting for the bad thing to happen to a woman, recounting the bad thing that happened to the woman. Like We need art that explores all of the parts of life and violence is one of those. Um, but it just, yeah, it just didn't do it for me. I have accepted this is a book of the year. It's okay. on a bunch of the best yeah. books of the year list. It just wasn't my jam. Um, I did read of the finalists. I also read All This Could Be Different by Sarah Tonka Matthews. I thought that was really excellent. Um, I don't know if it'll be in my favorite books of the year either, but that one was really good. And the Gail Jones is on my list, but it's just my personal take on the yep, rabbit hood. It was fun. great writing, but it felt to me like a solid debut novel, but not like a solid, just capital N novel. I would have right. given a big award to the singular work of American fiction for the year. I mean, that's what right. The book yes. Award is yeah. I, I have a lot of internal resistance to the notion <laughs> of that for this book, but okay. that's just uh, me. Yeah. I don't have anything to add there. We need to do another sponsor break. So let's do that. Amazon Editor's Best Books of the Year. I'll put in the show notes, Washington Post. I think I'm done with these now. Except <laughs> when it t- the, the Goodreads Long List, Goodreads Choice Awards are out. You can find that wherever. You can just Google that. I think once we get to the winners, I want to look at that. Not necessarily for the winners. They'll show you the vote share, which is really interesting. Yeah, I like that. So we'll come back to that unless we see something, and, I don't know, surprising yeah, or the, otherwise. The Washington notable. Post list is a little different from a bunch of the other lists I've seen. It feels unique in the way that the PW top 10 list felt unique this year. Like there's a couple titles um, that I'm familiar with, but it reminded me that there's a Margot Jefferson memoir I've been meaning to read. Well, I told you about that. You did, but then I forgot. So now I've been reminded. It it didn't work for me, unfortunately. Oh, really? Constructing a nervous system? Okay. Well, then I'd like to hear about that more often. I read six of these. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to me. Take that National Book Award. We're not going to have an existential crisis about this one. No. Right off the bat, Afterlives, bam. Demon Copperhead, bam. Trust, oh, bam. I was... Young Mongo, bam. Constructing Nervous System, bam. Stay True, bam. I was looking at some list of upcoming like TV releases, and I saw, I know you read Young Mongo this year. Did you read Shuggy Bane when it I was out? I never made it back to that. No, I liked oh, Young okay. Mongo. It was a really, it's really good. It's excellent historical fiction, a lot of plot, a lot of world-building interesting, vivid characters. I guess I'm just saying to you right now, I didn't go back to pick up the first one. Okay, yeah. I would, but uh, there's a lot of books, well, Rebecca. There is uh, there is a lot of books, and there's there going to be an adaptation. Books, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, it bothered me coming out of my mouth. Sorry, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm such a jerk. I, I just do that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> there are a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be an adaptation of Shuggy Bane, so we can catch up with it later if we really Isn't feel Isn't like our and prior now for any book that we've heard of that there will be an adaptation? <laughs> and I'm not jo- is that, I'm kind I'm, of not a joke at this I point. don't know if it's... I don't think I'm assuming that any book we've heard of will be adapted, but I am no longer pleasantly surprised when a book that I liked is getting adapted for a thing. It's oh, like, oh yeah, that had to be happening at some point. Adaptation news I was going to put in here that rose above sort of the threshold of interest level. Oh, I know what it was. Greta Gerwig doing a Netflix series of the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, that's, interesting. That seems I interesting. Heard that. that does seem interesting. Great mm-hmm. Netflix series. Narnia 
hasn't been served by an adaptation yet very well. We've yeah. had we've had and, these abandoned ones. And there's some dark stuff yeah, in those ready. books that I feel like Gerwig is probably more willing to tap and maybe Netflix will be more willing to explore yeah. than a big movie release that's aiming to be like the family hit of the holiday mm-hmm. season. But that's what I need now. I need mm-hmm. one of the great IPs of all time combined <laughs> with an Oscar winning screenwriter. That's what I need to like even get me up in the morning to even turn my oh, head. So, uh, right. Yeah. I'm thinking now like uh, Noah Baumbach adapts light years. Well, he's doing white noise. So <laughs> right. that's on our list for next year. That's yeah. already on our list for next year. Uh, news. A couple things we dropped in here that are kind of follow-ups, follows-ons from other things we're interested in, our ongoing concerns. Um, the Brandon Sanderson Kickstarter... We're getting some more deets about how this is going to go down in relationship with his publisher tour. There's a landing page, and it's a little hard to parse, but essentially there's going to be a three-month exclusive window for the print Kickstarter version of these books. Uh, Also, $42 million total was a Kickstarter. I don't know if we ever came back to that. That is a serious... That 2.5 million print run for all of them together, maybe? Bring back our notation of Sanderson, where the S is the dollar sign. S is the dollar sign. Um, And those are coming April 2023, but there's going to be an exclusive window for the Kickstarter. There is no plan at this point to make the ebook and audiobook available. That's going. It looks to me, as far as I can tell, right now, that's going to be a Kickstarter Mm -hmm. backer exclusive. Yep. So there you go. There you go. So there you go. I, I don't. Anything notable there? No, I think it's smart on Sanderson's part so that folks who didn't get on the Kickstarter but then either found out about it later or have the FOMO can still buy those books and he yep. can get those dollars. <laughs> but the next just, story. Oh, man. Go ahead. Dude writes fast. That's all. <laughs> That's, I mean, God bless him. Um, in Babel, um, Quang, and I, one of the pleasures and problems for me of Babel is like there's some real historical data and then stuff she's made up, which is speculative mm-hmm. fiction. That's how it goes. But it's so close and she does such a good job of hewing close to a lot of real things. It's hard to know. But she says at one point that there's this German word, um, uh, Sitzflesh, which means basically getting your ass in the chair to do the work. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I think Brandon Sad- Sanderson has plenty of Sitzflesh. I would he'll, agree. He'll sit there. <laughs> Anyway, that's my Babel notation. The last one caused me to speculate aloud to you. Are we sure that Michael Lewis isn't the reporter version of Biff from Back to the Future 2? That got a hold of like, I don't know, Chuck Klosterman's the 2020s, whenever that's going to come out. And he came back in time to put himself in the right place. Because Rebecca, where has where has Michael Lewis been embedded for the last six months? Michael Lewis has spent the last six months with Sam Bankman-Fried, the now infamous, notorious, thirty-year-old. I, I, I think he's infamous now. I think that's right. Yeah, thirty-year-old founder of the now melting down crypto fund FTX. <laughs> And this news came to us via Bob and the Finn memes community first, where he nice was work, like, Bob. yes, thank you, Bob. Um, and I was like, is this real? <laughs> but the full deal is, you know, if you have seen this in the news this week, FTX is melting down. Uh, Sam Bankman Freed appears to be like the fire festival guy of the crypto world. Mm-hmm. And M- Michael Lewis's agents at CAA are 
emailing movie studio people to be like, hey, BT dubs, Michael Lewis has been embedded with him for the last six months working on his next book. He has written zero words of this new book yet. But obviously, because this thing is melting down right now, and the subject is really hot, we're going to shop around the idea for the movie adaptation immediately. And I was like, what, 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 what? (laughs) Like we're doing, my household is doing who's going to play SBF. My one, I I like really wish that Jonah Hill and Ben Schwartz could like have a love child Mm. (laughs) who could play him. That's been the casting game lately. And then you and I were down the speculation road of like, maybe Malcolm Gladwell should write a book about Michael Lewis. Now I'm talking, I'm telling you. Michael Lewis. He knows how to pick them. He can smell financial fraudsters from a mile away. No, maybe, maybe into different um, extradition treaties. He can smell financial <laughs> frosters across extradition treaties. That's what his superpower is right now. Does that mean we're not going to get a book? I think we'll get a book. We if might you can get... only get the book or the movie. What are you picking of this? I mean, the adaptations of Michael Lewis have been great. I think if yeah, I could only have one, good. I'd be totally happy with the movie. Yeah. It'll be good. I hope he'll do a book too and that we'll get like all the juicy stuff. But he does, he really has a nose for an interesting character in an interesting world that he can build the story around. Mm-hmm. And he, I think from other things I've read, it sounds like Lewis has been wanting to explore crypto and it makes what's going total on. Sense. There. I'm surprised I didn't it think totally of it. It totally does. Yeah. Yeah. And that. Sam Bankman Freed is just a perfect character for that. I cannot wait. He really wait. is a character. I mean, he I don't know if you've seen anything. He he lives in the Bahamas kind of by himself. There's no board of directors mm-hmm. for this. Uh he wears cargo shorts and has this big unruly massive hair. He's into effective altruism, which is an interesting idea that has been taken up by the fintech moguls. Mhm. Um as you know, I've been a longtime skeptic of cryptocurrency as being literally anything at all. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be biased based on appearance, but that's one of those things if you're like, cryptocurrency run by a single dude wearing cargo shorts in the Bahamas? <laughs> well, you don't, you don't yeah. run your business out of the Bahamas if you're playing by the <laughs> just, just Just to start there. Yeah, it's a good place to start. No, I saw this morning. I'm kind of delighted by this because I've also been pretty skeptical of maybe not. I'm not skeptical of crypto as a whole concept, but definitely of the story that like that's been told about it in the media and the like rabid nature of like the people who are super into it. Like the big crypto fans are becoming a little bit like Internet libertarians, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but this morning I saw that in after removing Sam Bankman Freed. FTX has installed the guy who was the CEO who oversaw the Enron bankruptcy. Like that's Michael how Lewis bad should write a book about that there. guy. Michael Gladwell. No can write kidding. About, who, who's the adult you bring in when the when yeah. the geniuses have screwed it up? Right, and he was like, "I have never seen such an extensive lack of corporate control anywhere." I was ranting to Bob about like, you know, Elizabeth Holmes was a fraud, but she at least had to like get dressed up and pretend she was doing things (laughs) like there is some I don't want to judge based on appearances either. But this does have a whiff of sexism Mm. to it that like he gets to be he gets to present as like pretty schlubby. And then he also gets the social narrative of boy genius billionaire, which is happening at the same time as other boy genius billionaire Elon Musk is melting down Twitter and like. 
I am firmly in the camp that Extremely he doesn't have a secret plan over there geniuses. too. Very yeah, it's a t- it's I would love to see this be the end of the boy genius billionaire mm. narrative. Like Elon's not over there with a secret plan that just begins with burn the thing down. He's just bad at this. Yeah. And like can we start telling that story? Can Michael Lewis do all of it? Can we just have Michael Lewis do like <laughs> the downfall of all these things, the Michael end of the boy Lewis. genius? God bless him out there doing the Lord's work for us. I could not have been more delighted that like uh, this was happening. I've had a not small amount of schadenfreude about this FTX meltdown and then like that I'm getting a Michael Lewis book about it or a movie or both. I know, right? (laughs) Everything's coming up Shinsky in this story. (laughs) I will call the show for this week. Uh, We are now going to take a five-minute break, which you will not hear, and record the Holiday Recommendation Show, episode one. I always look forward to this. Uh, thank you all so much for writing, and we did get a spate of recommendations, so we got plenty uh, to get through for a couple episodes. Um, Rebecca, thank you as always, and uh, send us those emails with your insider information about this <laughs> secretly best-selling. Maybe it's Michael Lewis's <laughs> book. He's he wrote a novel about <laughs> crypto. That wouldn't sell to him. <laughs> no way. All right, Rebecca. Would be amazing, though. Yeah, it would. 